It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show today. I suppose like many of you, I woke up one morning last week to the word Omicron and realised then it was the new name for a variant of COVID. They were talking about it being in Southern Africa and I just said to myself, not a chance. It's absolutely everywhere at this stage with travel in this world of ours. It's so quick to get from one end of the planet to the other and I think so it proves. He's been with us week on week for almost two years now. We said goodbye to him a couple of months back. Had him back once since and I knew he'd be have to be back with us today on the Tuesday. I'm delighted to say hello again to the Head of the Department of Biology, Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Minute University, Professor Paul Miner. Hello again, Paul. Hi, Jerry. Good to chat to you again. Ah, great to have you back with us. I see in the latest news that Emer Cook, the head of the European Medicines Agency, is saying just in the last hour or so that vaccines, she expects, will continue to provide protection against the new variants, Paul. Yeah, I think they'll certainly provide uh, some protection. I think it's highly unlikely that the variant is going to totally escape the protective effects that's offered from the vaccine or even previous infection. Uh, the reason why I say that is that if you look at the mutations, so what's unusual about this Omicron variant is that there's 32 mutations in the spike protein. That's the protein on the outside of the virus that allows the virus to get in and infect our cells. There's 32 of them. Not only are those regions important for infecting the cells, but are also the regions where our antibodies tend to bind. But we've seen some of these mutations, not necessarily in this combination, but in other variants, the vaccine is doing a good job in terms of protecting protecting us against uh, those other variants. What I would say is that there could be a risk in terms of seeing probably more of these breakthrough infections that the variant may be able to escape some of the antibodies that we produce. And the boosters will probably help with that in terms of giving us protection against that. But we've also got another arm of the immune system, these T cells that we generate. and They recognise many, many other regions of the spike protein. And I think it's going to be very difficult 
for a vary to totally escape those T cells. And the important point about the T cells, Jerry, is that T cells, if you're infected by the virus, they're the cells that go in and get rid of the virus from your from your body. So they are the cells that stop you from getting very ill, very sick, and ending up in hospital and ICU. So I think in this situation, if it does escape. My expectation is it's difficult to make predictions with all these things, is that I think you'll still see some protective effects from the vaccines, especially around serious illness. And it should be said that if you look at the other concern is that will it cause more disease, will the variant, we will know about that probably in the next two, three weeks. But if you look across all the variants, by and large, they're similar in terms of the disease they cause and the severity of that of the disease. Maybe with the death, there's a slightly higher rate of hospitalisation, but generally they do similar things clinically. So you'd hope that at the very least that the Omicron variant wouldn't uh, cause more severe illness. Talking about vaccinations and boosters, Paul, the other thing to emerge from that press conference that Emer Cook gave uh, in, in recent hours is that if you look at Ireland, and she quoted Ireland to say that uh, we have one of the highest vaccination rates in Europe, 93% of the adult population, and the deaths per million population here over the last 14 days were 15, sadly there were 15. But in two other European countries with vaccination rates less than 50%, the equivalent death rate is 250 per million of the population. That underpin is that vaccinations save lives. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about this. Like the data now is unequivocal in that sense with respect to vaccines. And these vaccines, despite all the new variants like the Delta variant, the vaccines are still doing an incredibly good job in terms of protecting us against serious illness and death, as, you, as you've just cited there from Emma Cook. Um, what you do see, Jerry, is you see probably some waning immunity where our antibodies drop off over a number of months. The antibodies protect us from getting infected in the first place. So we see these increased breakthrough infections. But importantly, we still have to have that other arm of immunity, those T cells that I was talking about. They're the ones that go in and stop the virus from getting gaining a foothold. So whereas you may get infected, you'll stay in your respiratory, upper respiratory system, cause some of those mild symptoms that associate with, you know, maybe a typical cold or whatever. But the T-cells will then kick into play, clear the virus, stop it getting a foothold, and importantly, stop it getting down into your lower respiratory system and lungs. And it's there where it causes the damage and causes serious illness. So clear the virus quickly. That the protective effects from vaccine really, really important, as well as the antibodies that at least for a number of months after vaccination, also protects us against infection. I've been listening to scientists talk about adapting uh, the um, jabs that we're getting as well. And, and there's no doubt about that. This will happen and that they could deliver an adjusted jab when they find out the nuances of the Omicron. Uh, and, and of course, there, there'll be others coming down the road in about 100 days. I got my third jab recently as well, Paul, the booster, and I'm very grateful to get it. You know, will, will there be more jabs required? Will it, this be a thing perhaps a couple of times a year or once a year? Or can you even look that far ahead? Definitely say, Jerry, so some vaccines are three-dose vaccines. For example, hepatitis B tends to be a three-dose vaccine. Uh, with these vaccines against respiratory viruses, it's more difficult to say, for example, the flu tends to be annual. And it depends what you're trying to stop. If you're trying to stop severe illness, hospitalisation, the vaccines are already working in that sense, even without boosters. What boosters will do is they will up your antibody, they will increase your antibodies again, they will cause cells in your bone marrow to start producing lots more of the antibodies. So that makes you even more less likely to get even infected. 
And we saw that in Israel, where the booster program was rolled out very quickly across all age groups. And again, case numbers really plummeted. And I think you'll see the same here. Not only will the booster protect us from serious illness, but it will also protect against uh, infection as well. In terms of tailored vaccines against some of these new variants, so to give you an idea, what we get is when we get the vaccine, we essentially get the spike protein, and that's usually delivered in the form of this coding RNA. And the spike protein is about 1,300 building blocks. They're called amino acids that make up proteins. 32 of them are mutated. So in terms of a tailored vaccine against the Omicron, would be giving you a spike protein with those 32 mutations. So then you'd get with antibodies specifically against the Omicron uh, variant. But again, you've been boosted, Jerry. One of the other things, the remarkable thing about the immune system, not only do you produce more antibodies, but it causes your immune system to produce sort of a broader repertoire of antibodies. Not only the antibodies that we recognise the spike protein that you've been uh, vaccinated with, but to get more diverse antibodies that have the capacity to uh, recognise slight variations in those proteins, maybe some of those proteins that don't even currently exist. Mm. So there's a possibility with the boosting, with the increased amount of antibodies you make, the broadening of the repertoire of antibodies, that even the boosting would probably and hopefully give good protection against the Omicron variant as well. I have questions coming in for you. 086-1800-658 if you want to ask Paul a question by text or WhatsApp. Listener saying there, Jerry, would you just ask Paul, I've got my two jabs, is it really important to get this booster? Uh, I think it's really important, Jerry, if you're, especially in the target. So initially we rolled out the booster programme in a targeted way and I think that was a really good thing. So if you look at the people who've been vaccinated who are ending up with breakthrough infections, they're ending up in hospital, maybe severely ill, People who are typically still associated have those risk factors that you would have originally associated with developing severe COVID. And most of those risk factors, the biggest risk factor probably is age. So certainly in terms of older age groups, I think it's really important. Underlying conditions, immunocompromised, they'll get a third dose anyway. Really, really important for those groups. If you want to increase your protection to protect you from getting infected, I think um, a booster is also a good thing because it'll protect you against getting infected. So I think there, there is an ethical discussion that we had in terms of should we be boosting everybody across all age groups at a time when some countries in the world have very low uh, vaccine coverage. So that's sort of another discussion. But certainly a booster, if a booster is also, I think, yes, absolutely take it. Now, I have a number of questions that have come to me on this, and I'm not surprised that I'm getting them. It's about the Janssen vaccination. Yeah. And I know many people from the North East, you'd be aware of this yourself, Paul, went yeah. to the Helix uh, yeah. to have that one-shot uh, Janssen. And there are a number of questions, and I'm paraphrasing them here. Would you please ask, Paul, we got the Janssen vaccine back in May, no booster. Where does this leave us? Uh, a listener there saying, I feel actually unvaccinated and I don't want to be in this situation. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And that, that cohort of people need to be uh, taken care of, Jerry. So when you look at, uh, and actually by chance, I was vaccinated with Janssen myself. So uh, so if you look at that cohort, we know now, and when you look at waning immunity and the antibodies dropping, the drops are quite low level. So with the Pfizer, the double Pfizer, drops in terms of protecting against infection, probably from 90% down to about 50 60%. The Janssen drops down to maybe as low as maybe 13 14%. So... The, the guidelines is that you can get the booster three months after getting the Janssen. Uh, but again, 
those people still have not been prioritised. I don't think it's opened up yet to those people unless it's been opened up as part of the older age group and most of them wouldn't have got the, uh, the Janssen. So in my view, that group should be prioritised as a single dose. We do know now that if they get a dose with the Pfizer, which they will get, the response and the immune response that you get is really very, very strong. It's really good. It's called heterologous vaccination. The second vaccine is different from the first and you'll get really, really good protection. But absolutely... I think those people should be prioritised. And I, my, I, I think that that group, um, the booster will be open to them, I think, from mid-December. But the sooner the better, in my view. OK, so you're calling for that today to be prioritised. That's important. Another listener there saying, I'm in my 50s and I got the Janssen and I'm really worried. And I can understand how people feel about that. So Paul Moyner today calling here that that be prioritised, even though it is down for mid-December, but if I it could think, be brought I think, forward. I think as well now, just to stop people uh, being like very worried and concerned about this, I think... The, having got the Johnson, I think it'll still give you reasonable good protection against getting very severely ill. So I think we will still have okay. that immunity. But what the booster will do is it'll boost your antibody production. And by having high levels of antibodies, that will tend to decrease the risk of you getting infected by the virus. And will probably, probably and hopefully give you protection against the Omicron variant as well. Thanks, Paul, for clarifying that. In a general sense, there's been panic. There's no doubt about that. And people are really, really worried and worried for their health, worried for their children. You know, children are being impacted hugely. And my wife was saying this to me last night. She feels so sorry for them. Their childhoods have been taken away from them in, in a way. And, you know, with Christmas coming and all the people in the entertainment industry and, and that, we have to think about those as well. Do you see us, you know, closing down? I don't think so, Jerry. I think it's important to say, for example, with the Omicron variant, I know there has been a lot of panic and fear there. I think it certainly warrants our the cautious approach and to be attentive. And those studies are going on. Like within about two, three weeks, we're going to have a lot more information on the on this um, variant. So in that sense, yeah, we need to be cautious. You know, give it due attention, but not panic. In terms of we are, I think it's very important to say, Jerry. I do not see ourselves going back to March 2020. And the big difference is that most of us here in Ireland, adult population, well over 90% has been vaccinated. Vaccines, we've already spoken about this in terms of how well they're protecting us against serious illness. The vaccination programme has been fantastically successful here in Ireland. The booster is going to help with that. You may see breakthrough infections. You may see case numbers going up. Some of them, yes, unfortunately, will translate into hospitalizations, ICU and deaths. But the vaccines are still doing a really, really good job. The other thing I would say, Jerry, is that even with the development of new um, variants, there's good news as well with respect to development of new antiviral drugs. There's yeah. two of them, one of them from uh, Merck, one of them from Pfizer. The one from Pfizer looks especially good. Hopefully that will be approved shortly. So this would be for cases if you're infected by the virus, preventing you from ending up in hospital. And again, the effectiveness there is about 90% protection. So if you were to look at that combination where vaccines will protect you against serious illness hospitalization, some of them up to 80-90%, and those that aren't protected but end up getting the virus but to get these antivirals, and that's another 90% protection on top of that, I think that combination gives us should give us lots of hope in terms of being able to control this. Just a couple of quick points before we we leave you, Paul. Uh, Will the HSE update search to include the booster vaccines? 
you know the cert on your phone will that be updated and James is on to say it says uh, on my booster cert it says it'll be out of date on the 1st of the 2nd 22 that's quite soon in 22 do I need to get another booster in February then James just asking that question it's it's unlikely, Jerry. If if the booster was got, I don't think you'd be requiring a booster within yeah. four months of that. Because certainly the amount of antibodies that we see, you would expect that the effectiveness of that probably lasts longer than, yeah. for example, the second dose. And in, in retrospect, in hindsight, with the Pfizer, that three week separation between the first and second dose in hindsight, that turns out probably to have been too short. That spacing, the UK spread it over eight to twelve weeks, and it works much better if you spread them out. So certainly I wouldn't imagine there's a booster. I don't think it's practical to be given boosters every every four months. If you're immunocompromised, different story. You may need uh, uh, an additional list. But if, if you're not immunocompromised, I don't think that's needed. In terms mm. of HFC updating, I'm not sure, Jerry. That would obviously be dependent as well, I would imagine, in terms of when, what is the definition now for being fully vaccinated yes. for COVID cert? Is it a situation where the fact that it's been opened up now to all age groups, when all age groups have had the possibility of getting vaccinated. Will that open up? And then you'd need three uh, vaccines or two vaccines plus the booster. I'm not sure wh- where that sits at the moment in terms of policy. Okay. I'm just looking at my cert here on my phone and it says fully vaccinated. So I got the yeah. third one. It says that on the bottom. And just before, last one before you go. Um, what about children wearing masks, young children? Will it make much of a difference, do you think? I think it might have some effect. But I think, if anything, it's probably going to be marginal. The reason why I say that is that it's very difficult. There's observational epidemiological studies suggesting that masks uh, help. When you look at the number of randomised controlled trials, this is essentially looking at two groups, one wearing masks, one not wearing masks. There are very few studies on that. And when you look at those, you, you do see some benefit, but mostly from the high-quality masks rather than face coverings. If you look at children, there's even less information available on that. ICWA a report has actually had a number of rolling reports over the last six months or so looking at the possibility of lowering the age required that would be required for mask wearing. I think as soon as August, September, they produced a report and they said there wasn't really strong evidence in terms of benefits and then the risks associated with mask wearing for children as well. So the evidence base and the direct evidence base was very poor and no recommendation was made at that stage in terms of lowering the uh, the age that would be required for wearing masks. Now, obviously, the decision has been made now in terms of that the primary school children, it's probably the group, the cohort at the moment with the highest circulation level of the, vi- of the virus. So maybe it was made in that context. So it probably will have some positive effect, but probably marginal, I, yes. I would suspect. I think it's much more important, Jerry, to begin to look at really good thing to see contact tracing being started up again from yesterday antigen test be used for that that was stopped it wasn't it wasn't initiated in September in my view it should have been I had no idea why antigen tests weren't used to help with the contact tracing and instead contact tracing was just stood down so yeah. no idea why that wasn't done so it's a good thing and it's welcome that that's been introduced now and of course ventilation and port filtration systems again I think we can help schools more Paul, you've been fantastic as usual. I really do appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me again on the show. Very welcome, Jerry. Take care. That's Professor Paul Miner there, Head of the Department of Biology, Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. Now, my next guest on the show has been an antique dealer and restorer for 40 years. He's well known and respected within the industry and he specialises in 18th century Irish furniture. But the lockdown has forced a rethink. And to tell me more, George Williams is with me on the show. Hello, George. 
Hello, Jerry. Thank you for having me on. Not at all. Tell us what happened anyway. Obviously, with the lockdowns and that, you were a man who people came to you and you provided the courses on site. But you've had a rethink. Yes, indeed. Um, it was very hard with COVID when it hit, struck us. We, we were already running these courses and um, antique restoration courses. And they were like, we have um, a number of them out during the year. And when COVID struck, we basically realised, listen, we have to put our thinking caps on here. And we looked into the market very carefully and, and we realised that nobody was doing online courses. So we, we decided, we took our, put our thinking caps together and we designed our first um, online antique course, which is the, the antique, called the Antique Chair. And this took over a year to put together, but it's basically, it's, it's, it's really exciting. Um, it's a really good course. And we're, anybody with a tablet or, or the, it can connect to the internet or a laptop can connect to this course, which is brilliant. And it starts in January? It starts in January, kickoffs in January. And um, so it lasts for so, so, so six weeks and um, it'll be two hour sessions each week. And it's a really, a really interesting course in that it, it, it's, it shows you the history of chairs from the Queen Anne period right up to Queen Victoria. And we show how the, the styles changed and evolved. And anybody interested in chairs or have, have, has, that has chairs themselves, it really is designed for them to show you how to look after your chairs, how to invest in chairs, and how to physically identify, how to identify age. How to, you know, so it's really, it's a very interesting, comprehensive course. Okay, so if you have, do you need a chair to participate? Are you saying to me that, say you're somebody that has a chair or chairs that needs restoring, is that who you need to be, or do you need to have a chair that needs restoring to join the course? It's open to all, all levels. Okay. Enthusiastics, it's open to people who are collectors and it's open yep. to people who want to invest, or people who just want to know the historical interest of chairs from right from the Queen Anne period right up to, 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 to Queen Victoria. So we're talking about 200 years of, of, of history and it's well illustrated and we've got fabulous illustrations that we've taken from, 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 from various paintings and it just shows how these chairs were used in everyday use and along the way we've got videos that give very close um, close sort of close up videos of, of me restoring chairs and conservation tips along the way and then most importantly is how to recognise age in a chair how to physically recognise it and how to recognise the timber now, listeners don't know this, but you do. This morning, I got up early and I took pictures of two chairs in my own home yes. uh, that uh, were my wife's mother's chairs. And I sent them on to you to have a look at them because we haven't a clue what they are or, uh, or what they're about. Did you get a chance to, to, to did, throw sorry, a gander over them? The first yeah. one is a, a Georgian style carver. Now, that's significant. The style, where the name style really is, that it's in the style of a Georgian chair. Mm. And it's a drop-in seat. I'd say there's probably a set of those. Have you got a set of them? Dining chairs. That's probably a dining chair. And it looks like it's, it's actually date-wise, I would date that about sort of 1940s or 50s. Okay. And it's, it's mahogany and a drop-in seat. And it's a sort of very useful chair. And, and the, the, this course will be designed to help you to understand how that chair was made, but also that how to look after it. So if it's an heirloom that was left by your mother, you know, it's, it'd be nice to be able to look after it and hand it on to the next generation. So we, that's the other reason why we've designed all these great waxes for, for, and, and, and cleaning solutions and, and kits on our, on our website. Yes, you have those two. Now, that, is that the taller chair? There's two of them, one slightly smaller than the other. Is carver, that... The carver, they call it with the, the flat back, it's got a carved flat back and it's got a red yes. seat. 
Yes. And that, that's based on a Georgian design. And it's got cardboard legs with, 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 with uh, carved knees, a drop-in seat, and then lovely carved arms. Mm. And they, they turn around back to the lovely sort of uprights. And then you've got the wonderful pair of splat and the, ear, the, the tall ears. It, it, it's, it's based on a Georgian design, that chair. It's very well made. And, you know, it's something that would be very strong. And it's, it's something that, you know, a lot, I'm sure a lot of people have chairs similar to that. And you think that's part of a set from a, a set of chairs with a table, etc., do you? Yes, indeed. Okay. And you had two carvers each end of the dining table, yes. and you probably had six or eight chairs right okay. around the table. And what about the other chair? The other chair is sort of, uh, that's based on a 19th century design. That's an armchair, a padded button-back armchair. It's very well upholstered, actually, and it's, it's smart arms and smart, again, we've got the carrier legs. Um, it's a very unusual design. It's based on a French design, that, and um, that, I would say, is about 1940s or 50s. Again, it's a later date, but it's, it's a smart chair. It looks nice, and um, the, the, the fabric is quite loud. But, you know, again, if, if one was to buy your chairs like that at auction or have them at home, we'd also give tips of upholstery in that and fabric. But, you know, it's a nice, you know, the nice chairs, Jerry. Uh, good job I didn't head for the skip I had recently with them. <laughs> That'd be sacrilege, would it? It would, uh, because we, we, we like to point out that these things are very useful. Yeah. You know, that there's too much waste going on in, in the world and that, you know, if, if we take care of our, 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 our things we have, you know, they'll, they'll, last, they'll last longer and then, you know, um, that, that it, it's nice to, to obviously when we see the environment suffering so much, you know, it's nice yes. to be able to take things from the house and, and, and bring them back to life. Is there any value in them, George? If I would, 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 they, would they make anything if I sold them in the morning? Here, your mahogany carver, because it's just one of, of, of from a set, is probably it's not worth a lot, Jerry. It's yeah. worth between sixty and eighty, maybe okay. hundred euros at tops, right? All right, yeah. But if that was an original Georgian chair, which this course is designed to show you the difference between the age of, of, of Georgian, it'd be very heavy to lift. And if a Georgian carver of that similar design would be worth between two and a half and three thousand euros. Wow. Uh, that's the difference. <laughs> and the other one's similar value, is it? I take it as well, yeah. 80 to 120, but yeah. again, it's, uh, it's based on an early 19th design. If it was the original early 19th century one, they were between 12 and 1500. My, oh my, there you are, if you have the originals. You mentioned there that uh, you have this carry-on reviving kit and yeah. the waxwork works kits. These are important, are they, in terms of restoration? I've been using, making my own products all my, all my life, and, and I found that it's very hard sometimes for people to, you know, to understand how to use them and, and the rest. So we decided that when we designed our new website, that we decided to sell our antique restoration products online as well. And the wax is tried and tested over me for the last 40 years, and we, we're selling two waxes. One is the original wax, furniture wax, and the other is the natural wax. And that's selling for 40 euros, which isn't there for post inclusive and that um, anywhere in Ireland. But they're really good waxes, Sherry, and they smell really beautiful. And anyone who wants to look after the furniture, these waxes are, are, are really, you know, must. You know, anyone who likes timber or wants, knows somebody who likes timber, they're really good, really good, um, lovely, lovely products. Can I ask you this? If you have something that's in a fair state of disrepair, but you know, you have the nuts and bolts of it there that with work you can bring back to its finery. By doing that and, and bringing it back now, can you bring it up to a decent value? You know, that you know it had deteriorated so much, but you can do a job with it. Can it, you know, make it more valuable? Or does it do that? Is that given? Yes, it can. I mean, that, and that's the other good reason. This course is designed because it's 
shows you the conservation tips and appreciation of, of old pieces of furniture and that if people have old chairs at home and you look after them they will last longer and the thing is if you find something at an auction or you can I mean you can buy something really in a, a, a manky condition and with our cleaning solution products is that you can clean off a lot of the dirt a lot of times it's an, an, and a wax oftentimes it's just a piece of furniture just needs a good TLC to bring it back to true life yeah, that's a, that's an important point to make. You've been in this business a long time. I'm sure it never ceases to amaze you what people have tucked away as they come across. Yes, very much so, Jerry. I mean, a lot of times people don't know. Sometimes they might have something very valuable, and I might be an heirloom handed down, or or you know, they might just be to take it for granted. And often the case where is that you know, it, if 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 something goes unnoticed, often it turns up at an auction. That you know, if if, if it's a residue sale, you know, there are there are things still turning up. But it, it's a case of it, 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 ensuring things and getting things recognised is a very important aspect of the business. And a lot of people don't so often realise what they have. And you know, with a cheese piece of furniture, you could find secret drawers, and you can often find letters in them or a bit of jewellery over the years. You know, but it, it's like it's we do valuations as well, so it's good for people to be in the know of what they've got and, and what they have, and if it, if it is value, you know, that they at least have it insured properly or, or and have it looked after. I have to say, I'm a huge fan. Always have been all of my life of the Antiques Roadshow on BBC. I never miss it. I love it, and Fiona Bruce, of course, yes. uh, the presenter. <laughs> when I see what people often arrive with. George, and I'm sure you've watched it yeah. many times yourself as well. It is incredible, and the value and the surprise that people get when they present things. And of course, the repair shop is another program that's taken off hugely on television. You know, yes. not just furniture, but other things that they work on as well. So there is a real desire for this. So your message today to listeners of late lunch is: don't do what Jerry Kelly was thinking of doing. Don't go near skips at this stuff. No, no, exactly. No, don't, don't. I mean, it's the things are. You know, you, 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 you. you appreciate things like that and, and it's often things to look look at them carefully and then you know there are there's uses for everything and, and people have you know throwing it out is not not you know the right thing you know it's obviously use it and, and, and enjoy it so george the course begins in early january and how do people find out more information from you if they go to our website they'll see all the relevant information underneath under the course page and it's um our website is www.georgian-antiques.com Lovely. I wish you well for it. You are adjusting and shaking and moving with the times. You have vast experience. I love what you do and I wish you well. Thank you very much, Sherry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's George oh, nice. Williams you. there. Bye-bye. He's a great guy, so he is. And if you have something at home, wouldn't that be a lovely thing to take part in come January time of year? It really would. Anyway, this a bit of value in the chairs. I'll get wrapped in the knuckles at home this evening. They were nearly gone. They were nearly gone only for a late appeal. They're still there. I still have them. Anyway, late lunch, LMFM radio. So go easy on me Adele on your late lunch this Tuesday afternoon from her new album that's just streaming by the million even as I speak. Now Deeside Agri Country Store open days take place this coming Saturday December 4th and next Tuesday this day week December 7th. During Tuesday's open day farming experts Gordon Richardson from from Proveny Milk, Andrew McInerney from Corby Rock and Kieran from Chanel will be on hand to advise on all your farming needs. 
They have everything in this store. Washing powder, paint, garden supplies, wild bird products, pet food, chicken feed, equestrian, home fuel, PPE clothing, safety boots and high-vis. You name it. D-side, Agri, Country Store, Richardstown, Dunlear has everything a country store should have and lots more. And today they've given me a €50 voucher to give to one of you. They've so much in that store. So I'm going to give you a little list now. But there's one thing on this list they don't have. Listen carefully. I will say it only once. There's one thing on this list they don't have in the store. They have everything but the kitchen sink. Listen, which one is it? Text your answer, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Here we go. Wellington's. Coal Scuttle. Bird Box. Rustler Burgers. Mousetrap. The odd one out, please. Wellington's Coal Scuttle. Bird Box. Rustler Burgers. Mousetrap. The odd one out that they don't stock in Deeside Agri Country Store. And we'll pick someone for that before the end of late lunch this afternoon. Well, Louise, I'm so proud of you. I really am. <laughs> Thank you. I am. I'm Why? so proud of you because you're learning. You are learning. <laughs> I have to tell listeners, you really are. You're going to be... Oh, no. You are. You are heading towards being the culinary <laughs> queen. Honestly, on late lunch, tell them about <laughs> your soup. Go on, tell them, go on, tell them what you did. Go on, this is... It's lovely soup. It's lovely soup. Go on, I, go on. I, things were going a little bit astray, should we say, in the bottom of the fridge. So I decided to use them up before they went rotten or whatever. So I made soup and it was lovely soup, Jerry. So could you just give us the ingredients <laughs> quickly there that you put into the soup? I'm curious. Garlic. Yeah. Shallots. Mm. Um, garlic, shallots... Uh, peppers, yeah, ch- a chili, half chili, yeah, a uh, can of uh, chickpeas, lovely stock, mm. Brussels sprouts, what Brussels sprouts? <laughs> Sorry, you were going great guns. Oh, you were going great guns till you it got to lovely. the to the sp- <laughs> sprouts. And so- oh, go on, and and was that it? Was that it? I think so. Yeah, I think and so. you sautéed the onion. Oh, celery. Oh, very important. Mm-hmm. You saw, and, and look, everyone has that bottom drawer in the fridge yeah. that you forget about the things. But Until it is a real late. good way of using them up. And a few stock chicken stock cubes. Did you, t- you did you whiz it? Did you? Bl- I whizzed it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and I reckon if it, sometimes if it doesn't taste, you know, really nice, because yeah. I just throw in everything. Mm. I just add a load of tomato ketchup. Well, that'll sweeten anyway, because yeah. there's, there's a little sweetness. <laughs> no, no, don't do that either. I was actually going to give you, like on Strictly Come Dancing, a 10 from Len. But, you know, when you said the sprouts, it's a nine today. Don't knock them until and you try you, them. And if you put the tomato sauce in, you will drop an even further <laughs> Well, I didn't there. have to because the soup is lovely. No, and you've tasted it and it's yeah, gorgeous. beautiful. And I'm still here, aren't I? There you are, our Louise. Haven't turned green. No, you're making great strides. That's mm. terrific. But it is good advice in that bottom drawer. It might be a little bit, you know what I mean, If it's not going off or anything. But no, it, no, but it's just coming and, yeah. you, you know, you mightn't have time to do an actual dinner. Or exactly. You're missing bits and bobs. Exactly. And uh, so have we a name on this um, delight? Did you put a name on it yet? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention the Brussels sprite soup. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> Actually, when you whiz it, seriously, when you whiz it, you wouldn't even know the women's sprouts were in it. You know what I mean? They're not leaving them whole at that. And, you know, sprout, it is sprout season. Do you season. not like sprouts? I love them. It is yeah. Brussels sprouts. But I didn't like them as a child. You know, do your children eat sprouts? Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. They're a little bit different. Because I know growing up, I wouldn't have 
I, I couldn't eat a sprout. But once I took to them, they're really, now they're a little bit different. They are for people. There's strong flavour in that off them, so they are. But I love sprouts and actually a lovely way to do them. I think what killed us with sprouts was me mammy used to boil the you-know-what out and they'd be soggy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing worse than soggy. You want them with a, a crunch, al dente, really. But a lovely way of doing them, actually, is if you sort of parboil them, or you could go from raw, but if you parboil them, just and slice them in half and flash fry them on the pan with some onion and bacon. And garlic. And you throw in your garlic mm, too. Yum. And they're gorgeous. You know, they're gorgeous. Another way of doing them. But it is, it's a bit of a yin-yang. It's a I bit loved, of... I loved, I always loved Brussels sprouts, but I hated cabbage. Mm. They're kind of the same, aren't they? Really? Uh, yeah, well, what happened as well, Irish people, again, you got mush out of the pot. You know <laughs> what I mean? Mush. It was ah, the water and it was just destroyed. You need it, you know, with life in it you know you should really only steam broccoli steam cabbage steam sprouts really and just I get them right I boiled life you boil it you know that's that's what puts people off do you know what I mean that's nearly you have cabbage soup then oh. <laughs> you know what I mean that's there what you, you go. but yeah that's what we used to but we've learned we've come a long way just like yourself the way you're learning now listening to Tara Walker and by the way Tara will be joining us uh, again later in the week for a series of uh, lovely features on the run into Christmas. We're doing, you know what we're doing? We're, we're doing sides, we're doing starters, we're doing dessert and we're doing cocktails on the mm. run into Christmas with Tara. Looking forward to that from East Coast Cookery I'll have School. my pen and paper ready. You'll be ready then. God, I tell you, honest to God, you will. You'll have your own TV series yet. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Anyway, coming soon. How not to do, Master <laughs> <laughs> No, no, don't knock it. You're going great guns. Coming shortly on Late Lunch, he is the number one golfer in the world. He's from Dundalk. I'm looking forward to having a chat with him shortly. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Well, there was I following the golf in Dubai and who popped up but a guest of mine and he's been a guest of mine a number of times on Late Lunch and wasn't it just marvellous to see him receive that wonderful trophy standing next to Colin Morikawa who won the big event in Dubai on the European Tour. I'm talking about our very own Brendan Lawler and he's on the line. Brendan, welcome back to Late Lunch. Gary, how are you keeping? Well, you know what? I was so proud of you. I was watching, you know, I've been following. And I, I just keep saying to myself, I know him. I know him. And I'll never get that game of golf for him now because he won't play with me. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. It's been hectic. No, it's been, it's been a mental few, few years now and a few months. And oh, I'm honoured. It was crazy. You are number one in the world. Yeah, fast number one in the world, thank God. And um, it, was a, it was the place where I wanted to get for a long time and it's good to see the hard work sort of starting to pay off now. Fantastic. Brendan, from my first met you, and this was being mooted, and you hoped, and you were, you know, living that the dream and and going to live the dream down the road. Can you believe how much, you know, the uh, disability golf has now come to the fore and been part of the European Tour? Yeah, it's massive. Like three years ago, I was sort of working on my dad's shop to have a dream of playing on the European tour and making golf a full-time job and I never thought it would be achievable but the last two years I've been very fortunate to make it very, very comfortable earning through the game of golf and through sponsorships and um, just enjoying the road as well. Not focused on the money aspect but really enjoying what I'm doing and, and helping people's lives. It's, it's really incredible. 
But it helps that it pays its way, doesn't it too? It really does. It's great because it is your job now. It is your profession. And look how you've excelled at number one in the world. What a season you've had. That was your third outright win. Yeah, see, we um, obviously with the whole COVID thing, it put a spanner in the works this year. We were gaining massive traction with the tour. And we got these two events. So it was like a double swing where eight of the best golfers are invited to one swing. Then the other eight best are invited to the other. So... I was saying to myself, I had to capitalise. There wasn't many tournaments this year, so I had to keep my game ready and capitalise on the tournaments there was. And thankfully, I went out and won in Wales. And then, thankfully, I came home and, and won in Ireland, which was special in front of home fans and home country. And then Dubai at the end of the year was nice on the cake. You played really well, I have to say, and, and you said it yourself, I've been watching you, your game from tee to green has come on a ton, hasn't it? What, what do you put that down to? Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of hard work went in over lockdown. I've, um, my game was in great shape, sort of going into these events, and my putting was a wee bit off, and I was, I was playing really well, but not capitalising on the scores, and, and I worked on my coach over the winter, and sort of working on my putting a wee bit more. And uh, started holding more putts, and the score started to come. So, just hard work and sort of all all aspects of the game really, really paid off. So the tee to green has always been there. You just tweaked it a bit, but the putting is where the and as as they say, you know that yourself. Driving for show, putting for dough. I don't have to remind you of that one. It is the truest thing ever. You got to sink that ball when it's on uh, on the uh, fine surface. But you know, getting back to this win, you know, you were ahead and you were heading up. You know, the back nine, knowing you had a lead. Do you look? I never asked anybody this. Are you conscious of the scoreboard? Do you watch it? Yeah, hundred percent. Some people do, some people don't. But we were, we were inputting our, our scores on, on like a, a little device on our way around, mm. so we could see what the other guys were doing. And it was, I think, I had a two shot lead with nine holes to play, and I did feel the pressure. I knew it was sort of, it was, it was going to be nip and tuck coming in because it was a lot of tough holes, really tough back nine, and then. Um, my playing partner, Mike Brown, sort of double, I think he put double bogey there. So I knew he was sort of out of it. But I seen Curtis Barkley from Canada was making a charge in the back nine. But I just kept sort of faith in my ability and executing shots I wanted to execute and pre-shot routine. And thankfully on 17, I probably hit the best shot of my career to date and put it into about five feet in the main birdie, which gave me that sort of three-shot lead going up the last with a wee bit of comfort. Yes. Yeah, listen, three shots in the bag going up the 18th is what everybody dreams of in a major event. Dad on the bag with you, he, he's a calming, a calming influence with you. Big time, because the, the wheels were starting to unravel in the back nine. I, was, I made a lot of silly bogeys. I thought I was one under for the tournament for the week, but I feel my score could have been five, six shots better. I, I played so much better than I scored. And I was hitting greens in the back nine and making silly three putts, but that was due to pressure but I made two really good birdies I made I think I made birdie on 15 then birdie on 17 so so that was key that yeah. needed to happen and uh, no I was just I'm just honoured to be sort of on that stage promoting a game that I love to play and this might last forever so you need to sort of take these chances when they arise and that's what i done Hey, you're only a, a whippersnapper at 24. Come on, the world's your lobster, as they say, young man. There's no doubt about it. What was it like to stand there with Colin Morikawa? 
it was it was surreal to be honest. Like I'm not I'm not gonna say you're watching these guys on TV since they're young because he's only the same age as me. But I had a few interviews during the week and I was sort of comparing Colin to a Tiger Woods lookalike. He's he had a presence coming onto the green, he had an aura about him that he was special. And it was sort of his first time playing on the European not his first time, but he played very few events in the European tour this year and to have someone of his caliper at these events was massive and Rory was leading going into the back nine on Sunday. And it would have been fantastic to see two Irish on the platform mm. going to come come the weekend. But um no a special moment for me was I finished on eighteen and I think we finished about half eleven and Rory was on the green and he came up and gave me a hug and said, Great score and he didn't sort of talk about the disability events, he didn't talk about it's great what you're doing. He recognised the actual score around the tough course and I thought that was very special. Oh, what a moment that was. Yeah, he. I slipped back a bit. I was watching the course towards the end, but he's had a great season him, himself too. And of course, your dad was on the bag. Mum was there, Rebecca, your girlfriend. It was a, a family occasion out there. That must have been wonderful to have your nearest and dearest with you when you go back to number one in the world and win the big Dubai event. Yeah, it's great to have the family there. They've, they've been there from day one and... Just to share these moments when it's such a tough time at home and with everything that's going on, to, we bring a wee bit of bright to a, a small village and, and especially a, a family year. It's, it's special. And my brother's given out saying I didn't fly him over this time, so <laughs> I mean, bring him to the next one. But no, it's, it's great having all these people here. Uh, uh, me and Rebecca stayed the extra few days and enjoyed ourselves so it was special well tell the bro that you know he's assured he's going to the next one and he has that to look forward to so look at it's closed season now w- what's your modus operandi what are you doing what are you going to be doing say December, January the early weeks of the new year yeah so I'll enjoy Christmas uh, home for Christmas and then I'm flying to the States in January so we, I can't really mention what's going on but I'll be in the States from very early January and there's some great things about to be announced and uh, it's going to be a positive year again. The world sort of, well hopefully it's going to open up a wee bit. Restrictions will sort of ease down and we can get travelling again. So there's big news in the new year 2022 from Brendan Lawler. What about that music man who loves you so much and works with you? Are you still close to him? Oh, Niall, yeah. yeah. He's an absolute legend. If it wasn't for him, Probably wouldn't be here. He's the one that supported me from from the get go when I turned pro, and uh, very, very congratulating. Like any event I play in or any event that I win, he's on to you straight away. And what I love about Niall is it's not just a money spinner for him, modest. It's a true passion for the game of golf, and he treats me like every other one of his players. And it's special to be a part of such a tight unit. He's a great fellow himself and he's enjoying wonderful success. He's a real talent and he, he he's just loved by so many people in this country and around the world and he is such a genuinely nice fellow. Hey, what's he like if I was playing him tomorrow? Just give me a little insight here. Would would you play him for a tenner or would you keep the money in your pocket? Oh, give him a go. Play him for more than a tenner, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I tell you, Brendan, I'm not giving that away here. I'm, I'm playing an odd nine holes, just keeping the hand in over this time of the year. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. get out last weekend. But the previous week, went down on Saturday afternoon to Baltray. Now, I'm just, I'm just giving you a little bit of warning here when we do play for the tenner. Anyway, I shot the lights out. I had six pars, uh, a birdie, 
and two bogeys on the front nine in Baltray. Brendan. That's savage. I couldn't. And you know what, Brendan? I wasn't in the turkeys. I'd have won oh, two. Oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't in the bloody turkeys. Would you believe it? It's Honest to God. When you see the good rounds. <laughs> yeah, it's looking. It, it's a flash in the pan. I was delighted with it. I was given out it was so slow. But actually, I think the slow play uh, uh, really, really suits me, Brendan, to be honest with you. Give me a bit of confidence going into next week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, look, you know what? You are one of my heroes I have to say I, I mean this sincerely I, I, I love what you've done and what you've achieved and I know there's so much more to come and I, I'll say it again I couldn't have been proud of you, of you watching you on Sky Television being interviewed and playing and picking up the trophy there it couldn't happen to a nicer lad Lovely I appreciate that we definitely will get that game in this year I won't forget right? We are going to get that game in and there's a lovely message just come into you from another golfing legend Barry Redden you know Barry oh what a player Barry was won everything in the amateur game here in Ireland yeah. of course from Baltray he's just messaged to say uh, Jerry, it's great to hear Brendan on with you there what a fantastic achievement please pass on my congratulations thank yeah, you Barry you know and I, I, I know the goodwill is all over for you we will get that game I promise you and I'll enjoy being out with you and having an old crack as well and I hope I can get that magic front nine going again <laughs> once in a lifetime anyway yeah, Brendan Brendan happy Christmas to you and New Year uh, to you and your family and good luck to you for the New Year and we'll tic tac please God in 2022 you too Jerry stay safe and I hope everyone's good thanks for having me on again not at all Brendan take care of yourself bye 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 he is the best he really is we should be so proud of him we really should what he's achieved in golf is remarkable he's world number one you're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio our Lions clubs do fantastic work right across the country and here in the North East it's a different year I don't have to remind you of that yet again this year and Drogheda Lions Club have taken a decision now Donald Browning is the uh, Lions Club president but he's unavailable today so he has an able assistant stepping into his big boots it's his brother Brian hello Brian Jerry, how are you? Good to hear you. And you too. Brian, what's the story? You're normally out and about collecting. Can't happen, no? No, we've taken the decision due to the COVID restrictions, Jerry. Normally we would team up. In recent years, we've teamed up with Dunn Stores where we would be in store collecting to make pampers uh, that would be distributed uh, through the St. Vincent. They're the experts on that end of it. Uh, but unfortunately, due to COVID restrictions and indeed the concerns of some members that not to be seen to be out there with the chances of getting affected, that we've decided that this year, again, like last year, we would go and look for uh, donations, appeal for donations, uh, from which we would then convert them into uh, love draw the vouchers this year, guaranteeing that all the money collected would be spent locally and those vouchers in turn would be distributed by the Vincent de Paul on our behalf. Um, it worked quite well last year. We are appealing this year for as much support as we can possibly get because even with the um, both the massive increases in fuel bills, families are finding it just that a little bit tougher this year. And I'm sure some people are affected with job losses as well due to the COVID situation that we have in our hands. So we've teamed up this year, Jerry, uh, with Andy Spearman and Dodd. Delight has done a wonderful piece for us today. And he has set up the payment mechanism by which people can donate anything from €5 Euro up to €100 Euro or more if they wish. Um, and needless to say, all of this money is 
spent. There's no commissions. There's no charges taken from uh, the Lions Club. We're a voluntary body. And uh, so 100% goes into the uh, the fund in which we can then distribute vouchers at a set level uh, through our friends in the Vincent de Paul. Yes, and the Vincent de Paul, as you mentioned, play a key part in this. They distribute in Drogheda and Eastmead and they are the experts in that area. So just to let everyone know, if you go on to Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Lions Club Drogheda. That's facebook.com forward slash Lions Club Drogheda. Or you do have an account as well, don't you, at Bank of Ireland in Lawrence Street in the name of Drogheda Lions Club Services. Absolutely, they can go directly into the bank or if they're bank members, they can have it transferred into the uh, the account. Um, all donations will be um, credited and obviously people will be advised and thanked. If, for instance, I, I, I tested our own payment uh, set up the other day and the receipt comes through quite quickly. So everything is guaranteed, it's secure and uh, as I said, we're appealing more than ever for as much donations as we can possibly get and obviously once we finish the appeal uh, we will publish the results exactly as as they've come in so people can clearly see where their money has gone and this is something that's gone on for a number of years prior to done stores in fairness you know Tesco were on board the lines throughout Ireland on this Uh, but again the last couple of years have been difficult but you know Jerry, with COVID where does the will there's a way we'll always find a way around these things so this is our way of sort of working or our way around the difficulties that COVID pose and we've no doubt with the generosity of the local people uh, that we will be successful yet again. Um, and indeed, just even getting the opportunity to talk to your good self on it, Jerry, uh, LMFM, Draw the Light, Draw the Independent, Draw the Leader, they've all been wonderfully, wonderfully supportive of our efforts down the years. Uh, and you may remember Draw the Lions uh, went to sleep for a couple of years and Donald, in fact, uh, who's a very committed lion, um, got Drada back up and running 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. Drada afresh is 10 years on the go and uh, we have a great bunch of people uh, involved there going about their business. So the, the food appeal, look at Jerry, it's Christmas. We all want to make sure everybody enjoys it. There's food on the table, there's gifts for children and whatever else support we can give. And this is our effort and hopefully it will be successful. I've no doubt it will be. And the more we get, the merrier. Absolutely, it will be successful, Brian. And I wish you well with it and thank you for joining me today. Jerry, can I just mention one other thing there? Um, is it possible anybody who enters or, or gives a donation they'll be entered into a free draw for Jimmy, uh, one of Jimmy Weldon's photography books his latest edition uh, which is a kind gift uh, five of them all together that Jimmy has donated and we would appeal to anybody to like and share the appeal so we can reach as many people as possible within the region Brian thank you for joining me I wish you well you're great people thank you Jerry take care of yourself that's Brian Browning there from Drogheda Lions Club and you have the information there of how you can donate. Support all your Lions Clubs, Vincent de Paul's, at this time of the year. It is so important. You can spend your money in County Mead with the My Mead Shop Local Card. If you check it out now on mymead.ie, there are over 300 businesses across County Mead you can use the card in. And today on Late Lunch, I have two 100 euro cards to give away and they're going this afternoon to Paul Tiernan 
and Linda Reid. Well done to both of you and thanks to everybody who was in touch. There'll be more chances to win with Eddie tomorrow on The Zone here on Thursday and on breakfast Friday morning on LMFM Radio. It's a great idea that it really is. Now, uh, reminding you again that Deeside Agri Country Store have their open days this Saturday, the 4th of December and next Tuesday, the 7th. They have everything in that shop. They really have anything you need within reason. They have it there and they've given us a 50 euro voucher to give away today on the show. The odd item out that they don't sell in Deeside. Here was the list. Wellington's, Cold Scuttle, Bird Box, Rustler Burgers, Mousetrap. Yes, it was the Rustler Burger. They don't sell the Rustler Burger in Deeside Agri Store. And uh, 50 euro voucher going to Daniel Lynch this afternoon. Well done to you. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements and we'll have another voucher to give away on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. Hi, Jerry. I was just in the M1 retail park with my child. Needed to use the toilet, the child. I know this COVID about but there's no toilet available for children. Uh, but it's just shocking, uh, Anne says. Uh, yet, the tills are still ringing. I understand what you're saying, and it is a problem for anybody who you ne- who needs to use the bathroom. It's been restricted, of course, with COVID, but uh, you'd wonder at this time, there has to be some provision put in place, hasn't there, to spend a penny when you're taking short and you out shopping. Just putting on pudding number 18, oh, to capture that taste and smell, Jerry. Yes, and that just uh, leads me into reminding you that this year again on LMFM's Late Lunch, we have our annual Best Christmas pudding in the Northeast competition underway. Don't send them in to me yet, although I have an entry in already. Wait a little bit, but uh, towards the final week before Christmas is an ideal time. But if you make a pudding, if you know somebody who makes a great pudding, get them to send us in a nice slice that we can taste. Or a little pud would be great. It'd be even better. But I'll tell you more about that nearer to the time. But it is on. It is happening. Best Christmas pudding in the Northeast title up for grabs again this year. And we have a gorgeous hamper to give to the winner. Now, my artist of the week is Cliff Richard this week and into the 60s and Cliff and the Shadows continue to churn out number one hits like the young ones I played it yesterday Bachelor Boy Summer Holiday The Minute You're Gone and the UK's Eurovision entry in 1968 congratulations they also became big box office attractions in the UK for movies like yes The Young Ones Summer Holiday Wonderful Life and Finders Keepers. Uh, There's no doubt Cliff's sound and style was impacted by the emergence of the Beatles and the Mersey sound. Yes, you have to say his popularity endured. Incidentally, he didn't win Eurovision with congratulations, losing to Spain's La 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 by a point. Oh, the, uh, the disappointment for Cliff. He split with the shadows in 1968 and from then on his Midas touch in the charts deserted him more or less until the late 70s when Cliff would score his next number one hit single. He did have a go of Eurovision again in 73 with power to all our friends don't I remember it well but again in a close run contest he came in third. Today I'm going back to 1963 and a song that didn't make number one in the charts but a very credible number four. Oh, you can't beat it. If you have the lucky lips, you're elected. When I was just a little baby I didn't have many toys But my mama used to say Son, you got more than other boys Now you may not be good looking And you may not be too rich But you lucky lips you'll always have 
Cliff Richard on your late lunch this afternoon my artist of the week love that one I really really do and we'll have more about and from Cliff at this time tomorrow on late lunch final break of the afternoon on the way and guess where we're heading to Barbados yes to meet a local guy why are we going there today well you may or may not know Barbados is now officially or will be shortly a republic on this very day they come out from under the wing of the British Empire and Dara Everard is living and working there he's joining us next loving the show Jerry. thanks very much you haven't got your name there but thanks for the lovely message do appreciate it now we're heading to Barbados because today Barbados becomes a republic and standing by to have a chat with us is Dara Everard from Julianstown in County Mead hello Dara hi Jerry. how are you I'm really good thanks for taking our call at short notice today well what's the feeling there is it a republic yet or have we to wait a few hours no, it is today, yeah. It is today. Um, it's quite an important day because it's the 55th anniversary of their independence as well. So it's an interesting dynamic because they're, they're a republic, but they've been independent for a long time, but they're going to remain part of the Commonwealth. Right. And what's the feeling abroad? What are you sensing there among the people? Is it a, a momentous day? It is, but it's quite controversial because it was decided by the Prime Minister and her, and her cabinet. So the people themselves voted on a poll uh, recently and 64% of them said that they actually wanted to remain. Um, they wanted the monarchy to remain the head of state. So, yeah, it's been a, quite a controversial one, but I think it's just, you know, it's something that's quite progressive here because it's one of the few islands in the Caribbean now to have a female president and a female prime minister. Mm, and so the Queen now relinquishes her status as head uh, there today and Prince Charles is there. Yeah, so there was a big ceremony last night where at midnight... The royal flag was saluted for the last time and was taken down and replaced. And the special guests were Prince Charles and Rihanna. So there's the combo for you. We were kind of hoping <laughs> for a duet, but we didn't get it. <laughs> under my umbrella is right. Camilla, Camilla will yeah. be keeping an eye on that for sure. Under the umbrella, yeah. Charles and, and Rihanna. It's a, it's, a, it's a combination is right. So then the Prime Minister, who's head of state there now? Who's the new head of state? So the head of state is um, Dame Sandra Mason. She was the Attorney General here for the last few years. Okay. So she'll be in for a five-year period. There you go. So isn't that interesting? The people, 64%, but the cabinet and government deciding otherwise. A momentous day, a new republic in the world and a new head of state. Tell me your story. You went out to Barbados under this welcome stamp visa. What's this all about? Yes, the welcome stamp visa is what's called a digital nomad visa. So it was a concept that was created um, in the Caribbean and a number of other countries have taken it up over the last two years really because they've been so bereft of tourism income that the island's really really suffering like a huge amount of its GDP comes from tourism and they haven't been able to get tourists so what they did is they've created these visas where you can come and work here as long as you're working for your company abroad then you can come and live here and work here um, so they've given out about 4,000 of them so far so about 4,000 of us on the island from all over the world who are working for our companies remotely. You're a co-founder of ERCU, a Dublin-based recruitment firm, and you're out there establishing or launching a new business called Cantillon. Is that related? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, so basically, it's the same ownership. Um, myself, my co-founders, John and Niall. And so, so ERCU is a, like an Irish-specific recruitment firm. We do white-collar recruitment across the country. But um, but a year ago, I had an idea for a new recruitment company that was purely specialised in taking people into tax-free havens and offshore financial centres. So our slogan is a life less taxing. So 
So, you know, if you're sitting at home in Ireland or the UK or anywhere and you decide that you really feel you could do to change scenery, find out how, you know, the, the, the world of work operates somewhere else and live in the sun and pay no tax or very little tax for a number of years, then we can facilitate that for you. So we have jobs all across the Caribbean. So if you want to work in Bahamas, Bermuda, um, Cayman, Barbados, and then places like Dubai and the Channel Islands, we can organize your contract for you, get you the job, you come over, you work for two or three years, and then you decide if you want to stay on longer. So I think there will hopefully be a market for it because people have been unable to travel for some time, and I think countries are going to increase their taxes. So I think it's going to become more attractive to live tax-free and in the sun. And obviously, you know, getting on the property ladder at home isn't easy. So if you live tax-free for a few years, you're in a position to come home with a deposit. Mm, it all sounds really positive. And Cantillon, people can check you out. C-A-N-T-I-L-L-O-N. That's the company. Yeah, cantillonsearch.com or it's um, the Irish business is Urku, E-I-R-K-O-O.ie. And like I'm living out here for the last five months, so I can give a very good um, description of what it's like to, to live and work out here. It's Darrett's wet it's miserable, it's dark here, the sun is nearly gone already and I'm only talking to you at half past three in the afternoon. Go on, make us all sick. What's it like there? It's absolutely blissful here. The weather here, is, it's, because it's so close to the equator, it's really consistent. So you're talking between, like, for every day that I've been here, it's between, it's between 28 and 32 degrees. Very little rain. Um, lifestyle is really good. It's very active lifestyle, so there's lots of sports we play. Nightlife is good, so um, it's definitely something worth considering if you're in a position to come out. COVID situation? Not bad. We have a curfew here. So the curfew is midnight until 5 a.m. Um, you wear masks when you, when, when you walk around, but there was no curfew last night. But aside from that, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem to be a huge yeah. factor here. No, yeah. no, nothing's closed at the moment. I think that, like their tourist season is, has just started and we'll go for the next six months. So the island will be really busy, and they, they can't afford to miss the second season. So pretty much operating business is normal. Good to hear. Are you coming home for Christmas? I am, yeah, I sure am, just prior to Christmas, yeah. So looking forward to that. I'm sure listeners are thinking tough. today, what, what is that man thinking about and telling, him telling us about the weather being out there? Anyway, there's no place like home. I know that at Christmas. Listen, I thank you for joining me today and there's only one way to play out on late lunch today. Go on, hit it there, Louise. I don't know whether you're familiar with this one, uh, but it is the song Barbados. Thank you for joining me and I wish you well. No problem. Thanks, Jerry. Take care, Dara.
Yes, typically tropical. Their debut single, May 1975. Number one in the UK for one week only. A one-hit wonder, Barbados. Bringing us to the end of Late Lunch this afternoon. Tomorrow on the show, Christmas cards. I need your help. And I know you will help me. You're so good. Niall Hatch is here as the new Garden Bird survey is launched in Ireland. Cathy Crinion with our new single. And Michelle Smith with a new business. Eddie Caffrey's raring to go with the drive next. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio and we'll see you for Wednesday's Late Lunch from 1.30. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota and Dogan Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.